Welcome to Alter Everything, a podcast about data science and analytics culture. I'm Maddie Johansson, and for today's episode, I got to speak with Don Duong and Joella Chua. Don is one of our Alteryx aces, and she's a senior director with Alvarez and Marcel in Singapore, doing transaction advisory services. So I've been a user of Alteryx for around five, six years, and advanced certified. So Alteryx has been something that I found along the way, and I really like that I found it. That's great. Welcome. And Joella, let's jump to you. Joining Dawn is her colleague Joella, who is a senior associate also at Alvarez and Marcel. Dawn has been my mentor and she's the one who sparked my interest in Alteryx. So initially I wasn't like too sure that I wanted to learn it, but once you get your head in the game, like you kind of want to do even more and more challenges and get better at it. So yeah, as, uh, similar to Dawn, I'm Autrix Advanced Certified. I'm excited to share this conversation with you all because you're going to leave with a ton of tips for how to work efficiently in a team using Alteryx, how to keep your workflows neat and pretty, and how you can set your workflows up to do the talking for you. Let's get started. So let's kick this off by talking about teams. So you guys work together and, you know, your jobs require maybe a specific skill set of knowing Alteryx or using the platform as a way of enabling you to do your jobs. And I'm curious if you find that people who are in roles like yours, if there's similar skill sets on teams like yours, or do you find that there's often knowledge gaps? Right. In in the same team, we'll find that many people, different people are good at different things. So when I talk about different skill set, it's more around every one of us will have a common foundation. And then uh, everyone will be better at something or not so good at something. But everybody will have the minimum requirement on a certain skill set. This is very important for a team like, like us because your colleagues or your teammates, our colleagues or your, our teammates' input will, will, will be another colleague's or teammate's output and vice versa. So I wouldn't call it gaps. It's more of knowing that how we fit together as a team and where the strengths are so that we can leverage our combined skill set right away. As to the second part of your question pertains to knowledge gap. I think what was interesting about diligence and team is nobody will know everything and a lot of time is is actually drawing from experience of the combined team and when we talk it out somehow what one plus one is greater than two you know so I would call knowledge gap is more of a, a function of experience and a function of how we have invested in ourselves in learning about general knowledge in sector knowledge macroeconomic knowledge and overlay that you know like um, knowledge to the skill because skill without knowledge is useless and knowledge without skill is helpless, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So Joella, add in? Um, in terms of knowledge, people bring different knowledge and skill sets on board and how as a team, how we kind of like align our knowledge would be to set ground rules. Uh, for example, yes. Don. <laughs> Don has had like rules and alterics, which kind of makes sense after a while because, for example, how she sets up her files is an input folder, output folder, and workflow. For me, I'm a super messy person. So doing that brings some order into things. And also the way she organizes her workflow, it really helps anyone who gets on board and just like 
like takes on your alterate workflow to understand your thought process rather than like go through a mess, which is really helpful in that sense. Yeah, thank you, Joella. I didn't realize <laughs> that, that you were messy because her work doesn't look messy. Yeah. Well, and see, yeah, it's it's always interesting to me to find out more about a person when it comes to you know like you are a really creative thinker or you're really organized or you know just whatever kind of skill set that you do bring to the table it's always really interesting to find out about that person and it sounds like your team specifically it's a great example of that that you are all bringing something to the table and you're really capitalizing on those strengths uh, i think that's really cool and that kind of leads in perfectly to my next question. And I'm wondering when you are thinking about communicating when it comes to Alteryx and when it comes to using these tools and different platforms for, like we were saying earlier, enabling you to do your best work. What are some tips that you have for communicating effectively about projects where you're using Alteryx? I, I like to volunteer, Joella. <laughs> so, Joella, tell me, tell me, what, what, what have you found useful when we work together? Like, what, what are the various things that we do together as a team that you have found to be useful in enabling communication? As what I mentioned, like, setting ground rules is one helpful thing. The second thing would be putting in checks. For example, um, I, I, I didn't know how to put in checks properly. That uh, Don actually took the time and patience, uh, had patience to guide me through on how to put in source checks or even using like the summary tool to make a summary of like um, your data that you have already processed and how to use that to as a check and your workflow. Um, that is really helpful because like if you don't know, you just process the data and then you just use it, which is so risky. Mm, yep, yeah, so that that's one of the tools that we use. I'm so happy you found it useful, Joella. Because <laughs> I was worried that you got like, oh, this 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 nitpicking person. Yeah. So you see she she she's Joella is a very good team member. Yeah. Maybe can I can chime here in here. Part of the yeah. uh, part of the very important mm -hmm. aspect of communication is to get the team buys in. So I I'm 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 just I'm so glad that I, I think Joella bought into my idea. And, and the idea buy-in is not possible without knowing why we're doing what we're doing. So, so setting the ground rule, putting in the how behind it, right, is solidly support if we can explain to the team why doing that help us together combine. For this case, uh, we work in a team and the data is really, really a lot. It, it's not a lot in the sense of you got like trillion zigzabai, whatever, right? Is, is, is a lot in the sense that we have a lot of discrete pieces and making sure that they talk to each other in a coherent way is not easy. So how to make sure that every step we take, take us in the right direction and not <laughs> go back to where we were last month, for example, is important. So getting the team buy-in into why they have to spend the time doing this and why it adds to and it saves time in the long run instead of just another admin task they do is very important. So the context of that will kind of help to put the ground rules, help to put a check, which is the part of the ground rule, I think, <laughs> in, in, in perspective. And, and one thing I found also useful for me is once we get the team to buy in, make sure that the communication doesn't rely on a single person, meaning that whoever buy in start becoming the advocate, start becoming the people who take over my role to explain to the next person. Like Joella usually does a very good job of that. So 
after I explain to the let's say Joella and, and other more senior team member, they will take on the task of guiding and checking, you know. So that's how communication doesn't stop at where it ended, but it continues in the ground and we leverage on whatever that was built up. Yeah, well, and it's interesting because I think the the biggest thing that I'm taking away from this, all of all really great points, but overall, like to summarize, it sounds like there's no ego on the team. And oh, yes, I, no I, ego. <laughs> yeah, and I love that. I just, I think that that sounds so healthy and it really, I could see it helping with productivity and efficiency and, you know, just to all of the points that you're saying, like none of that could happen if you have people who aren't by, bought in and people who, you know, don't want to take the feedback or people who you know don't want to use checks and stuff like that so I think that that sounds like a really healthy environment and I'm wondering how did you get there because as we were talking about earlier everybody is so different and what if it is hard for people to either give feedback or take feedback and how do you kind of just open up your team as being a safe space for people to just be really focused on the work and getting it done in the right way. Right. So I, I, I'm just speaking from personal experience. To me, I believe in leading by example, meaning that I can't convince people if I don't buy in myself. And, and, and when I say, when I buy, when in order for me to buy into my own idea, I need to make sure it is them correct. So, so basically, behind every 15 minutes conversation with team, I've already spent two hours to check every corners and prepare for every questions that may come up. Um, I think, I think is is okay to do one time, two time, three time, but is doing walking the talk in a consistent manner is very important because trust is not built overnight. And I believe that only when there's consistency, then the team can say that whatever you know I try to convince them it is something I myself have bought in and spent effort. And if they trust me enough as a senior person who got the right experience in place, then it's one round of validation before they actually have to go with it. You know, somebody have tried it and it work. It's not like, I got an idea, let's just do it. Yeah, so I think that's walking the talk and making sure that, um, making sure that when, when I take on the responsibility of convincing my team, I put on appropriate amount of checking and convincing myself to, to, to prove that I'm not like, you know, leading people in the wrong direction. Another another aspect I think is very important for communication is people need to be honest. You really be honest and open up. And um, I I, f- I feel in 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 everything being honest and open about it is very important because I mean it's it's very tiring to having to second guess what the person is trying to say. And we're talking about communication here, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So in my team, we there is a rule that. It's okay to to call out mistake that a more senior member make. In fact, there's a running joke in my team that if I make a mistake and they spot it, they earn a property reward. Fine. <laughs> Great. Um. Yeah. As Don mentioned, leading by example. Not only Don herself leads by example, and she she was the one who inspired me. But for myself, like when when you do things, it doesn't matter how senior or junior you are. Just doing things with like knowledge that it's okay to make mistakes that's one thing that makes it a safe environment to learn and really helps everyone's learning as a whole yeah i love when people give me feedback and i also like giving feedback i'm getting like a little bit more comfortable with it i think it's definitely still a work in progress but um you know it's just it's nice to like have a relationship with somebody or your team and be open to new ideas i think that's really important um so my last question is 
Alteryx is so unique in that anybody can create a workflow and it might look different than how somebody else would make a workflow, but you, you're, you're going to get the same result, right? And I think the weekly challenges on community are such a good example of this where we have hundreds of people responding to the challenge, but they're all getting the same answer, but every workflow looks different. And when we're talking about communication and working in teams using Alteryx, um, what are some key things, and I don't know if this is abstract or if you have anything specific, but mm-hmm. what are some key things that really help to streamline processes so that way as Joella as you're saying like your workflows look different than Don's how do you set up your workflows in a way that let's say that Don needs to access Joella's workflow that she can pick it up and know what's going on without having to like look into Joella's brain you know how does the workflow do the talking for you uh, as I mentioned setting the ground rules so that everyone can follow your chain of thought in terms of like mm, where the workflow begins, where it ends and what things are like mandatory in your workflow, for example, checks mandatory. Yeah. So so when we talk about communication and Joella has rightly pointed out, is setting the ground rules. The ground rules are important because people know when they go into, when they take over someone else's work, what are the things that they definitely can rely on because they know it's there. So one round rule we have is don't mix input, output, and process and proper naming. So when people go through my input, they will know 1A go to workflow 1A, 1B go to workflow 1B, and so on. There's a sequential one. Unless you are really strange, special character, you will go through, go through 1, 2, 3, and 4, and not 4, 3, three and 1. <laughs> right, so that's ground yeah. rule. Giving easy names, clear organization, and, and, and let the presentation do the talking so that intuitively people don't have to think too hard about where should i start when you got 20 workflows the first like which one do i start right so we go one one a one b one c one b and so on and it corresponds to the input folder and then they go to the output and so on and so forth the second ground rule is workflow has to be pretty when you look at the mess on the screen the first reaction is much wrong so <laughs> so it, it has to be neat and pretty so that it's easy for people to to read because i find that our subconscious mind is very powerful. When we took, when you look at something for the first two seconds, actually we can get eighty percent of what it's about. So make sure yeah. it's neat and make sure that it's easy to understand. Like small thing, like don't make the Y cross each other too often. For example, this is a small rule and more aesthetics, but it has a bigger impact than pure aesthetic. It enables readability. The third ground rules, as Joella alluded to before, is making sure that the person in the team have confidence that you've done the right thing by showing that you have checks. So in our team, we build three levels of checks. The first check is, <laughs> does your output make sense? <laughs> if your output doesn't make sense, forget about it. I don't care how, how, how confident you are to the process. If the output doesn't make sense, then it's wrong, right? So it's yeah. an output check. The second check is in, internally at each of the steps, especially when we have major transformation, we need to in, put in some check to make sure that numbers still tie. Your cow don't, like when 100 plus 200, it doesn't become 5,000, for example, especially when you do merging of file and the instances and stuff. So there are certain logic checks that we have along the way. And the third check is when I mentioned output before. So this is like a blend between logic and output, meaning that we have intermediate results that make sure that intermediate results are consistent across. Because sometimes we may not be correct 100%, but we can create landing space to say that, okay, I'm not 
confident with my 100% ending point, but I'm confident up to 25% and I only need to fix the remaining part. In this way, it, it kind of takes yeah. the fatigue it, it takes the fatigue out of the thinking as well because after a while you go crazy, right? At least you know where you are and set up milestones so that we know where we stop and then where we start. It, it, it's, it's not just about communicating with a team member, but also to ourselves, like maybe I wake up the next day and I forgot what I did the day before, you know? <laughs> it, it helps us to have some learning point as well, especially when the work is non-trivial and it requires like multi-day efforts. I also think we need to use um, containers to put specific mm. parts of your workflow in that separate like sections. And that would help the reader of your workflow know the thought process. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another useful thing would be Dawn's workflow always has this these boxes on like what this part of the workflow means, um, which is really helpful if you want to understand what she's thinking and like how she organizes it, which is a good practice that you can learn from. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you both so much for sharing those tips. I think, yeah, the details are so important and I'm sure our audience can relate. And if they, you know, if they're struggling with organization or communicating um, with their team when it comes to their workflows, hopefully these tips will help them. Um, So thank you both so much for joining me. This has been such a wonderful conversation and I'm so glad that we were able to make it happen. Thank you. All right, thank you for inviting us. Thanks for listening. Join us at community.altrix.com slash podcasts, where you can find links and resources, including links to our user groups. Don and Joella are part of the Singapore user group, and we encourage you to join in on the fun and learn more from Altrix users like them. Catch you next time.